Do you feel that Black Americans are open to country music? Because while I feel country music has their arms open to Black artists, sometimes I find when I'm around family or friends in the U.S., they're like, oh, that's white people's music. Um, I think there has to be a breaking of, of that stereotype within Black circles, too. Oh, absolutely. And I experienced that myself when I was growing up and I first started liking country music. I grew up in a dominantly white community. And I remember my friends saying like, what? You listen to country? Like, that's kind of surprising. When I look back on it now, I'm not surprised by that answer. I'm not, I'm not surprised to hear you say that that's your experience as well. And I think that the reason that that is, is because if you don't see or hear a story that's similar to yours, you're not gonna feel like there's a place for you. And I think that the overall general stigma around country is it's about blue collar white males growing up on the farm and you know, like going out to work nine to five and putting food on the table. But country music to me is about storytelling and there's more than just one story. Welcome to Zila Food. Zila is the German word for soul. So soul food, but Zila food. This podcast is in conjunction with Zela Magazine, an online magazine bridging faith, cultures, and culture. I'm Ali Forti, an American Southern girl who travels and loves talking to people. I'm bringing you conversations from global movers and shakers from somewhere in the world. From these conversations, hopefully you'll be inspired to move and shake too. Thanks for spending time with me today. I hope you get fed, so let's begin. So... Her name is Karen, not Karen, and I have to say she's a breath of fresh air. She's got that Taylor Swift vocal sound about her, and you find a bit of Casey Musgraves mixed in. And as she puts it, she dances with an air of mystery. And I have to say I think that's a bit true after interviewing her, and I mean that in a good way. Karen was born in the Congo, but raised in Washington State. We talked about this and Afro mixed with country music, anyone? I mean, if Lil Nas X could blur the lines between hip hop and country, I think this is definitely doable. In 2019, Karen moved to Nashville to put her foot in the door of the country music industry. She won at Got Talent Spokane, that's in Washington State and played two dates on Kelsey Ballerini's The Unapologetically Tour with Walker Hayes, and then she joined him on two days of his own tour as his headlining act. I mean, that's pretty cool. She also toured for Terry McDermott from NBC's The Voice, where she picked up 850,000 views on YouTube. In 2019, her breakout single, Dancing With Him Tonight, got 95,000 streams on Spotify. Her empowering breakup song and first track from her new project, Heartbroken Girls, was premiered by Country Now, followed by the title track of her EP Retro. We have a well-rounded conversation about all kinds of things. Some of it country music, just a little. (laughs) So enjoy and uh, get to know this up-and-coming artist who I think we're probably going to be hearing a lot more of. Thank you so much for your time and for allowing me to interview you about your music career. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Of course. Yeah, okay, so jumping right in, um, 
you're an up and coming music star with so many talents with the kind of music and your unique sound. What is your goal in country music? Where do you see yourself getting to? I think on a broad, you know, spectrum, my goal with my music personally is to reach, you know, as large of an audience as possible with my music and, and connect with people through my music. And I think specifically with country music, my goal is to not only diversify the artists that we see in the genre, but also diversify the audience. And I think that the way that we do that is those two things are very hand in hand. When a listener, a fan, an audience member sees and hears somebody that looks like them, they will then think to themselves, oh, there's a place for me in this space. Let me go check out other artists in this space. Um, I think that happened, you know, for a lot of young girls when Taylor Swift first came around. I think a lot of young girls were like, oh, you know, she, she's speaking my language. She's speaking something that I can relate to. And then from there, then they expanded on, you know, who else they were listening to in country music. And so that's my, my goal in country is to diversify the genre. And you're doing that by being a woman of color in a genre that's not known for having people that aren't white. I mean, it's certainly growing and diversifying slowly, slowly. And I remember when I interviewed Jimmy Allen like a year ago, I think it was. And I don't mean to, when I ask a, a black artist in country music this question, because I don't want it to, to seem like um, I'm calling out a person's skin color, but um, do you feel welcomed in country music? And do you feel that you stick out or that you're just part of the country music family? That's a really great question. I think it's, it's one that's kind of a little bit difficult to navigate because I am, you know, more early on in, in my career. And right now I think where I get, I guess, a sense of validation is definitely with the audience. If people are listening and people are connecting, then I feel like I'm doing something right. I feel like that's the end all be all goal for me is to have people listen. As far as, you know, industry side, it's hard to say because so many industry execs do make those decisions on who's on the label and, and who's getting pushed to radio and things like that. So it's a little bit harder to have a solid answer on a business and industry side because I'm so early on, but I feel like just like with any genre, any race, any gender, if there's an audience and people are listening, people will pay attention. You know, there are just people who are just undeniable. Little Nas X, his experience is a perfect example. You know, first from the industry side, shut that down. And they were like, no, that's not country. And then it went on to be nominated for Grammys. You know, you can't deny something when it connects, you just can't deny it. So I think that that's my my focus is just thinking like I will find the audience that wants to listen to me and hopefully the right people on the industry end will come and want to be a part of that journey. When I asked uh, Jimmy that question, he um, gave it a surprising answer and he said, I feel like being black is a benefit coming into country music because there's not so many um, black country music artists. So he's felt embraced. Um, because he is different in that way. And uh, I think that a lot of top country music artists are happy to see the diversity and um, yeah, like help the up and coming artists, especially if they're non-white to 
to come up and, and get to where they are. So hopefully we'll see Asian artists who are country music artists and um, more black people. I, I did an article for GQ Middle East this year, in fact, on how Arabs, because I live in Beirut, Lebanon, and how Arabs are really taking to country music. Like it's amazing to see the analytics of with Apple Music and Spotify, the number of listeners that they have downloading country uh, albums and, and songs. So um, I think it's probably uh, a diversifying in, in, a, in and of itself country music to reach parts of the world that we wouldn't imagine. Oh, absolutely. And when I say that I want to diversify country, that's exactly what I'm talking about, you know, because I've noticed when a country artist typically, if they are of variety of a scale where they are announcing a world tour, it typically tends to be limited to the United States, Canada, Australia, and the UK. You have your exceptions, Garth Brooks and Taylor Swift, Shania Twain, who really do go to places like Jakarta and South Africa and things like that. And it's just like, that is my goal. It's like, it should be when you hear country music, it's a global genre and you have a global audience. And I hope that it diversifies beyond just black and white artists, but also to Asian artists and Latinx artists and everything in between, because I think there's, there's a beauty in diversity. There's a beauty in difference and all of those stories need to be heard because there's an audience for all of them. And I do think that artist to artist, I have absolutely felt welcomed. I too have spoken with other artists who are like, we want people of color, you know, to, to be a part of this community. I think country music in itself is really great about supporting artists um, and, and lifting one another up. I think it's just a matter of making sure that we get the, the industry as on board as well. Do you feel that black Americans are open to country music? Because while I feel country music has their arms open to black artists, sometimes I find when I'm around family or friends in the US, they're like, oh, that's white people's music. Um, I think there has to be a breaking of, of that stereotype within black circles too. Oh, absolutely. And I experienced that myself when I was growing up and I first started liking country music. I grew up in a dominantly white community. And I remember my friends saying like, what, you listen to country? Like, that's kind of surprising. When I look back on it now, I'm not surprised by that answer. I'm not, I'm not surprised to hear you say that that's your experience as well. And I think that the reason that that is, is because if you don't see or hear a story that's similar to yours, you're not going to feel like there's a place for you. And I think that the overall general stigma around country is it's about blue collar white males growing up on the farm and, you know, like going out to work nine to five and putting food on the table. But country music to me is about storytelling and there's more than just one story. And I think that there's still that stigma that we, you're right, we have to break that down. And I think part of how we do that is we have the Jimmy Allens, we have the Mickey Guytons, you know, we have the Tierras, we have those people who are telling a different perspective and their stories are just as valid. I think when I was a kid, I was always like, prior to listening to country, part of my, um, you know, kind of shut off to country was I felt the same. I was like, there's nothing for me to relate to, or it's all sad, or, you know, I didn't grow up on a farm, so maybe that means I can't relate to it. And I think that once we have more, not only diverse artists, which will create diverse stories, 
then people will come around and say like, wait a second, I can relate to that. The other thing that's really interesting is I would love to, you know, like sit down in a room full of black Americans, play them some music and like not have them see who the face is. And I guarantee that they will connect with the music if you just focus on the lyrics. Yeah, that's true because unlike rap, um, uh, I, rap is what comes to mind country has storytelling that we can all relate to. So whether you're in China or England, if you if you can understand English, then you can relate to having your heart broken or, you know, a lot of, that's what a lot of country songs focus on. But yeah, I mean, um, going to the country to country music festival every year in London, the, the Belgium, the French, the Italians in the room, the British can't relate to the pickup truck you know, type of song, but they can relate to the heartbreak song. And that's why a lot of Europeans are starting to like really identify and have country music radio stations. So, you know, if an Arab can love it, then an African can love country music and an Asian. And yeah, I think by having people like you as artists, it's going to open up to other nations where hopefully it will be the norm to have a, a tour in China or um, sub-Saharan Africa, and yeah. Um, but speaking of Africa, I just have to ask, you're American, but you were born in the Congo. Is your family from there? Yes, so um, my father was serving in the Peace Corps when he met my mother, and I was born in Brazzaville, Congo, so my mother, um, is Congolese as well, as well as my sister. Um, and I was fortunate enough to visit a couple years ago. And we, we have actually lived in Cameroon for a couple years. And my father for a couple years was going to Zambia just about every other year. So um, I definitely have family over there and I have ties over there and I have experience over there. And like you're saying, like that is my goal is to I mean, Africa is the largest continent. Like people need to hear music there, you know? It's just like, and I would be, you know, lying if I said that I, like all I listen to is country because that's just not true. And what I love about having two parents from two different cultures is that it has opened my my mind, my heart and my ears to listening to all kinds of music, everything from Afro pop to rock and roll to country and everything in between, which I think, especially moving forward with my music, you will be able to hear those different influences. I, I would say at its core, it's found its country, but I also think moving forward, it's important for me not to limit myself. If that means that you have a little bit of Afro pop in there, you have a little bit of rock and roll in there, you know, and, and just bring everything together and just show that at the end of the day, what country music is for me is about the story. I think if Little Nas X could do country and hip hop, I think Afrobeat and country could go together. I just don't know how, but um, I was in Dubai last summer speaking with uh, an Arabic, a Jordanian uh, Arabic singer, and he spent some time in Nashville and he loves country music. And he played me this song that it was a mixture of country music sounds and Arabic music sounds. And I was like, wow, that actually, <laughs> can go together. So yeah, Afrobeats and country, that would be something. <laughs> that listen to country music. I'm so sorry, you cut out this a little bit. 
Sure. Um, are there Africans that you know of, family members who are listening to country music? I feel like they're listening to country music now because of me. <laughs> you know, and it, you know, there is a country music scene in um, South Africa as well. And I do think, you know, like I said, those crossover success stories. Is that with white South Africans? Or probably <laughs> to be completely remiss, like probably, you know, um, and, but that's a start, you know, it, that's a start. If we can, if we can get it on a global scale beyond Australia and the UK and Canada, I think that it's definitely a start. Definitely. How did you get introduced to country music? My parents, to be honest, I remember my mom had a Faith Hill CD when I was a kid and she would listen to it and she really liked Shania Twain as well. So those are really the the main two that I was most familiar with. And my dad would turn on the country radio station in the car and I was always just kind of like, eh, you know, I don't really like it that much. But then Taylor Swift came around and Carrie Underwood came around and I was like, wait a second, they're singing about stuff that even at 12 years old, I feel is like talking to me, you know, like it didn't even though like at 12, I had experienced that kind of heartbreak, no, but it, it felt different, you know, in the same way that you were mentioning the UK, not really being able to relate to the whole pickup truck scenario. It was kind of like that. It was just like, wait a second, this is something different. Maybe country isn't everything that I thought it was. So then I started listening to other female artists, Miranda, Carrie Taylor, Kelly Pickler. And I was like, wait a second, I think I really like this. And I started to beg my dad for a guitar. And I said, if you get me a guitar, I'll start writing songs. And he didn't really think that I would be committed. You know, I'm 12 years old. And he's like, I don't know if you're really going to commit to that. And he got me one when I was 13. And I wrote my song, my first song that same day in 30 minutes. And he was like, okay, I think, I think you're serious. And so then right after that, I was like, okay, now we got to go to Nashville. And I was fortunate enough to go when I was 16 and I was like, I'll end up living here. I don't know what it will look like, but I'll end up here at some point. And then I moved here in 2018. So just over two years ago. Wow. I mean, what a story um, to reference Jimmy again. He had a story of being homeless, I think, for a year living in his car in Nashville. So when you really have that desire to be a country music artist, You'll, you'll fight tooth and nail to make it happen. So that's, that's really awesome. What was it like moving from Washington State to Nashville? Do, do you feel that your music career went to another level by making that move? Absolutely. You know, I think in two years, I have, you know, been fortunate enough to meet people and, um, grow as a person, as an artist, significantly more than how I was previous to moving here. You know, you're just surrounded by so many talented people and you're surrounded by people who understand what you want to do wholeheartedly. It's almost a sense of not having to explain yourself anymore, you know, and it's just kind of like, oh, you get it, you know, from an artist to artist level or even artist producer level, you just get it. I don't really have to convince you of the dream. I feel like if you're not in one of the big cities that is so big on the arts, like New York, LA, even Atlanta, Chicago, if you live in a small town, which I grew up in a small town of about 10,000, for a lot of people, it's kind of like, wait, why would you, why would you go for something that's not guaranteed? And it's like, then you come to a place like Nashville where that's exactly what brings everybody together. It is a melting pot. People come from all over the world, you know, to experience country music or to go after it. 
and you're just like, okay, I feel hurt, <laughs> you know, now for the hard work to begin, but the, the part of having to explain yourself or, or, you know, kind of prove yourself worthy of this dream, that kind of just disappears. And that's, that's the beauty of Nashville. Oh, that's awesome. I, I would love to visit. Um, just to, in my mind, I think Nashville is like all country, but I've come to hear from other artists that it's music city. There's everything in Nashville. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. And we'd love to have you come visit. It's, I definitely, <laughs> I think it's just so funny because when I moved here, I thought it was all country as well. And I was like, oh, people are going to understand my love for country music. I, I will have people who understand we can go to concerts together. And honestly, I think it's probably more, more so the opposite is like, maybe they're just used to having country, you know, so, but it's definitely pop. There's R&B, there's soul, there's country. It, it's called Music City for a reason. Wow. That must be amazing because um, maybe country music gets influenced maybe because now country music has more of a pop sound to it and a rock sound to it than maybe 30 years ago. Would you say right. that's probably why it's Music City that there's other genres? I mean, well, has Nashville always been Music City or was it 40, 50, 60 years ago only country? Personally, I think it's always been a little bit of everything. And I think for me, the reason why we're now seeing a little bit of more genre fluidity, people are not afraid to take risks. You know, I think that there are artists who are innovators of their own sounds, Taylor Swift being one, Florida Georgia Line being another, Lil Nas X being another. When you have people who are not afraid to be innovative in a new sound, and then you see that it works, it causes a whole new sound. But that's been going on forever. I mean, you have your outlaw country, you have your traditional country, you have pop country now, you know, so that has been going on for, for generations. But I think that what's happening is we kind of just like see it happening in real time in a way that maybe we didn't see before. Um, but I think it's fascinating. I think it, it makes it so that there's a place for everybody, which is what you want in a genre, in my opinion. Yeah, that's true. How would you say that moving to Nashville, you don't write all of your songs by yourself, right? You do some co-writing now. Would you say, or how has your music evolved, your sound evolved with having co-writing? I would say from a sonic standpoint, it has allowed me a lot of freedom to say like, oh, I don't have to just follow these rules of like one, two, three, and that means it's country. I think when you work with other people and you introduce yourself to other sounds and other ideas, you're like, oh, wait a second, that sounds really cool. I wanna do something like that. You know, with my EP, there's a song called Heartbroken Girls. And I love that song so much because I spent a lot of time listening to Aretha Franklin and Sam Cooke and Shania Twain before going into the studio to do that. And I was like, I want to bring back some like old school sound with this one. And as a writer, I feel that learning to co-write with other people means not only being vulnerable in a way that I hadn't had to be before, because I'm literally vocalizing like, this is something that's going on in my life right now. And it's kind of like a therapy session, you know, <laughs> and writing about it. And I feel like from a writer standpoint, what's great about it is that it allows me to see a whole new perspective in real time, you know? And I'm like, I could say something 
like, oh, I kind of hear it like this. And if somebody's like, oh, when you say that, this is what I interpret it as. And getting that real-time feedback, I think, is really important. And it allows you to grow as a writer and also as a listener and overall as a person. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, what's your writing process like when you're writing a song? It can kind of vary. If I'm writing by myself, it typically starts with either a song title or just like one lyric that comes to mind. I tend to be very, in the writer room, I'm the person that kind of comes up with like the idea behind the song. Um, and so when I'm a co-writer, it tends to be a situation where I'm like, I have this title and I have this idea behind it. What if we told a story like this? And when I write by myself, obviously I'm kind of like doing everything, <laughs> um, but it's kind of a very similar process. I get most of my ideas when I'm driving in the car because it's the only time when I really allow my brain to just kind of like not focus on everything else going on in the world. And so a song title will come to me, but a lot of times it's, it's that song title. And then it's like, what story would I want to say behind that? Um, because I'm definitely a writer first, even prior to falling in love with music, I would write in journals and things like that. Um, and then I just bring it to a co-writer and I say, here's what I've been thinking the past couple of weeks and here's why, here's what's going on in my life. How can we turn this into a story that everybody can relate to? Yeah, that's amazing. And then, and then do you start with the, the melody? Like, do you already have that the sound in your head or does that come with sitting down with somebody at a piano just to get the sound around the lyrics? It can kind of vary. It really just depends on who I'm writing with. Everybody has their own strengths. So sometimes, you know, it could be that I provide a melody and I'm like, oh, what do you, what do you think about this? I, I noticed that melody is definitely the most collaborative process for me. Um, or other times somebody might come to me and say, hey, I have this melody I've been working on, but I have no words to it. You know, let me hum it for you. Or like, here's like a little da-da-da, like what words should we put in here? So it kind of just varies a little bit based on who you're writing with and, and what their structure is like. Gotcha. Um, you have the opportunity to perform, is it with Kelsey Ballerini and Walker Hayes or did you perform like before their set? Um, and then how have they influenced you like preparing you in stage performances? Yeah, so I performed with Walker and he was opening for Kelsey Ballerini and that was an incredible experience and that was a perfect example of artists, you know, helping out another artist because Walker's story is incredible and he has been in town for a long time and I know how hard he worked for that opening slot. So to then give it to me and, you know, share that opportunity with me was really incredible and you know, for me, the biggest takeaway with meeting both of them was just how genuine they are, how very down to earth they are. And I can tell that it's important to them to surround themselves with people of, of similar ideals. And so to this day, I just remember their, their teams just being so kind. And that's how I want to be remembered as well is just having a genuine team and people who are down to earth and everything like that. So that was definitely an incredible experience. I can imagine, and the thing that I hear all the time from country music artists is that somebody helped them. I don't know if it's happening in pop and hip hop and rap, um, but it really seems like country music artists aren't so competitive that they can't have an up and coming artist open for them, or you know, at least let someone sing 
one song while they're opening for somebody. So it must be that that Southern value Bible Belt thing where <laughs> in the South people just are a little bit more kinder in that regard, um, which influences the genre. Yeah, I think it's a combination of when you get to a point where you recognize in yourself that the goal that you have cannot be accomplished by yourself, you then see that in other people and you then see an opportunity to then help them. You know, nobody who is successful, no matter what your industry is, has gotten there by themselves. And so I think it's just in itself something where it's just like, you know, you gave me a hand and now I'm giving you a hand. And um, I do think that country music is very good at highlighting that as well. Yeah, and another similar question, I've asked this to Lanko and um, Lauren Jenkins. Um, I don't know if you know about the C2C Music Festival in London every year. And um, I have a friend who works in the accounting department and they love when there's country music performances like the, the O2 Arena, that accounting office, because he said the country music artists are down the earth, they turn in their receipts on time, whereas the rap artists, the pop artists are the most difficult genre of artists to deal with. Why do you think that is? Why do you think an arena would love, loves to deal with country artists over other artists? I think that a lot of people who get into country music at their core are just very down to earth people. And at the end of the day, just love music. I think that for me personally, you know, I do make it a priority to let people know, you know, my goal is not to be famous, to share my music with other people. And I think that that's in its core what a lot of country music is and so I think it just comes down to the fact that it's just these are just people that love music and just want to share their music with people yeah definitely okay now dancing with him was that your first single that you released mm -hmm. yes um what about this song made you write it I think it's a quite unique song <laughs> um you know, I, I love storytelling, obviously, and I wanted to tell a story about, I really did go to a rodeo with, with my best friend, Courtney, and um, for me, I'm not a dancer, so there's irony in it, but the way that I wanted to tell that story was like, this person made such an impression on me that I would go out of my comfort zone to do something that I wouldn't normally do, and that's the overall premise of that story. Gotcha. Okay, so two last questions. Um, I, I'm loving the new EP retro. Uh, what inspired that song? I, first of all, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. With retro, you know, it was my first co-write with, with Dana Marie Rogers, who has since become my go-to songwriter, um, my songwriting partner. And, you know, she, she came to me and she's like, what do you feel like writing today? And I was like, I want to write something upbeat, something happy, because I struggle with doing that because a lot of my songs are autobiographical. So if I'm not in a place where I'm super happy, it's going to be more difficult for me. And I said, let me try to write something that's outside of myself, you know? And she's like, I've been sitting on this. This, this goes back to my songwriting process. She's like, I've been sitting on the song title for a while and I have no idea what to do with it, but it's called Retro. And I was just like, wait a second, 
I love that. And I was like, what, let's see what happens. Let's just, let's play with that. And I ended up loving the song so much that I wanted to call the EP retro because I had never had a co-write where I was so excited to record the song that we ended up finishing. And I was like, there's something special about that. I want to remember that feeling and I want to chase that feeling every time I go into a co-write. And so I said, I think I'm going to call the EP Retro and she was on board and all the songs that that came to follow, you know, for me, just this, they just felt right to put on the EP. And so those songs that I selected are very personal to me. They all feel like my little song babies. <laughs> so I love all of them. That's great. Um what can the world see from you in 2021? What are your hopes if this pandemic can start going away? <laughs> I love that you added that little caveat because that's important. We don't know we don't know what 2021 will look like. I can say that I'll definitely be releasing more music and I'll I'll be writing. I've already started writing again for the next project and I definitely want to release more music and more visual stuff as well, you know, more music videos and things like that and if we are in a fingers crossed world where I can perform, you know, live music again, that obviously would be my absolute dream because aside from writing and recording music, there's nothing I love more than getting to perform the music and meet the people who listen. Yeah, that's what's most important. As long as that stays your your goal, then then the growth will come. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Thank you, Karen, so much. Oh. I want to know why are there two umlauts above the A in your name? <laughs> That's because my name is actually pronounced Karen. Oh, <laughs> your face. That's different. Wow. Okay. Why did your mom or dad do that? Well, they actually, they've always pronounced it that way. My mom, her first language is French. So um, it is pronounced a little bit differently when she says it. And then very similar to other languages, you know, you do kind of get an Americanized version of your name. So I, they, when they would say Karen, people would always see my name and say Karen. And then when I was about 13, they decided to add an accent. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause then everyone, yeah. Cause I, I saw you Karen, but they don't talk. Well. <laughs> reason for that because I'm sure it's pronounced differently, but then you're gonna always have people calling you Karen. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's amazing though. But I wish you so much success, and I hope to see you performing in a sold-out arena at the right stage in your, your career. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And you've been so lovely. Thank you for the great questions. Of course, of course. I hope you enjoyed this podcast conversation and that it fed you in some way to pursue your own dreams. Be sure to subscribe to Zayla Mag at zaylamag.com, S-E-E-L-E-M-A-G.com, where you'll be automatically entered to win our giveaways. And follow us on Instagram at Zayla Magazine, S-E-E-L-E -E Magazine. Till next time.